Welcome back. This is Survive. With Sophie. And Lexi. We started telling our Survive (laughs) story in college, and we are moving on to bring you guys more. Through many different topics. Yes. And where we live, it is officially winter. It is freezing. Um, yeah. I have more snow than Sophie. It's, yeah. Um, I don't know about you, Sophie, but it is in the negatives here. Yes. Okay, so it hurts. <laughs> our garage, outside. yeah, our garage doors sticking. My car barely starts. It's that kind of cold. <laughs> I hate how much ice is on the road. Mm-hmm. I can't wait until. It warms up, you know, when it's this cold. I'm always thinking, okay, just have to make it a couple more months and then it will start warming up again. But now we get to do a winter activity. Yes. At least there's some winter activities we can do. (laughs) But it's freezing outside. (laughs) But today, for our episode here, we do have, before we get into it, um, we do have a true crime update. We spoke on an episode a little while ago about the Long Island serial killer, or also known as the Gilligo Beach Killings, and the suspect in the case, Rex Hewerman, was accused of... Tuesday, January 16th, which is today, since we're recording this episode on Tuesday. And he was accused in the death of the fourth woman, a Connecticut mother of two who vanished in 2007 and whose remains were found more than three years later along the New York Coastal Highway. Um, so Rex Humerman, uh, which is the Long Island serial killer, was formally charged in the killing of Marine Bernard Barnes um, a month after having been labeled the prime suspect in her death when he was arrested in July for the death of three other women. Mm-hmm. So finally, he's been formally charged with these crimes and in court he did not say anything during the proceedings and he will be continued to be held without bail at this time the next court date was set for february 6th of 2024 so we'll hear more on february 6th and we'll update you guys Um, last known charges, he entered a plea of not guilty. Yes. So we'll see how this goes. I'm excited. There is a lot of evidence against him, so. Oh, yeah. He did good for a while there, but he got really sloppy towards the end, and I feel like they always do. Mm-hmm. Everyone eventually gets caught. Yeah. 
Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Well, today we are going to be talking about a different type of serial killer. And this story also invi- involves a survivor. So we're getting back into the survivor gear here. And this is the story of Cindy Paulson. And I haven't really heard of this story before um, when I was researching it, but it is very interesting. Have you heard of the story of Cindy Paulson before? I have not. I, um, it sounded familiar when you had sent me an article about it when we were choosing what to decide to talk about this week and sounded familiar, but I don't remember ever talking about this, especially the serial killer that's attached with this victim as well. Like, I don't really remember him. Mm -hmm. And the serial killer is Robert Hansen, if that rings a bell to any of our listeners. So we'll just jump right into the episode today for you guys. From 1971 to 1983, serial killer Robert Hansen murdered at least 17 women around the Anchorage, Alaska area. And he was kind of known as, or the nickname they had of him was the Butcher Baker, which is terrible. Um, He was known for kidnapping and assaulting women before flying them to a remote area where his cabin was in Alaska, kind of in the wilderness. Um, And he'd do that with his private plane. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. So then he hunted them down with a rifle And his entire murder spree would have been continued, have it not been for Cindy Paulson. Cindy Paulson, who was 17, and she was a sex worker and dancer who lived in Anchorage, Alaska with her mother. Um, Hansen had drove up to Paulson and proposed a bargain for her, and she agreed to get into his car. Once she decided to get inside, he then pulled a gun on her and then had her place handcuffs on herself. Wow. I don't know why. I'd never get in a car, but I mean, when you're, I guess when you're. That's what you do to make the living, yeah. kind of, is meet up with strangers. Mm hmm. So, in quotes, Cindy Paulson said, He cuffed one of my hands, and I was trying to get loose. And then he pulled out a gun. And this is what she said in a police interview after the incident. Then he had got my other hand cuffed. I don't know what he did. It was just frightening, because I didn't really... I fought, but not a lot, because I knew he would do something. So it seems like she was just trying to make a plan in her head. 
because she knew if she tried to fight him, something bad would happen. Like, it's not worth it right now for her. It's kind mm-hmm. of thing. I feel like she's... She's acknowledging that, I feel like, in that mm-hmm. moment, you know? So, Robert Hansen then drove um, Cindy Paulson to his home and trigger warning this is where he sexually assaulted her and he tortured her she still remained in handcuffs and she was tied up with a rope around her neck tied to a coffee table in his house what this is i i know reading that the first time i was like what oh Um, she then, he, Cindy then, uh, woke, uh, sorry, Cindy then could, okay, one second. Cindy recalled in a very large amount of detail about what his home looked like on the inside, including bars on the windows and a bullet hole in the floor. Wow, he even had bars on his window. That's crazy. I don't think I would ever do that. So... This is another quote from Cindy um, during this situation when she was at the home. She said, about five hours later, he woke up and came over there. I told him all I want to do is go home because I live with my mom and I won't tell nobody. He said that he had a plane over at Merrill Airfield and that we would go there. Then he would take me to his cabin and bring me back. And I knew I wasn't going to come back. That's going to be awful. Yeah. The worst feeling in the world. Because she knew as soon as she goes to another location, it's usually not good. Especially in something like this, where he's taking you on a plane. Yeah. So sometime after the assault, he started to begin her showing, um, showing her large collections of his hunting trophies. And he originally told the teenager, who was Cindy at the time, that his name was Don. Um, but Cindy then realized that she could read his real name on these awards, and she said it was at this moment he was going to kill her because now she knew his true identity. So if she ever tried to resolve and try and escape, um, she would have to take the chance right away. Yeah. Sorry, I was trying to clear it, and I, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, that is got to be something crazy to go through to be stuck somewhere knowing that something bad is going to happen. And then 
having a person like that show you hunting trophies, you know? Basically saying, I know how to use a gun. (laughs) And the fact that he tried to say a different name, you know, even though she could read it, it's just, like, why? I don't know. Hmm. So, eventually, the two of them drove to the local airfield, which was the Merrill Field Airport. And that is where his plane was waiting. Hansen parked, got out of the car, and told Paulson not to move, and she was still handcuffed. Um, And if she moved, he'd kill her. After he left the car to load his plane, Cindy threw her body into the driver's seat of the open door. No shoes on, handcuffed, she sprinted to the nearest street. Hansen turned around and saw her escape. Then he gave a chase, yelling the entire time to Cindy, but she ran onto Fifth Avenue, and this was around 5 in the morning. So, there's Cindy. She's been, you know, assaulted. She's handcuffed. She has no shoes on. Running down the streets from this man who's chasing and yelling at her at 5 in the morning in Alaska. Like, what? And it's February. Yeah. So you know it's you know it's cold enough. It's cold. cold. <laughs> oh. Thankfully, a passing driver. Like, what are the odds? You know, at five in the morning, you know, maybe there's not a lot of cars out on the road yet, but there was a passing driver in a pickup truck that took one look at her and pulled over immediately. That is just crazy to me because, you know, if you see something weird on the street, do you pull over immediately or do you like drive past it and you're like, that was a little weird. You know, you think about it for a bit and then you try to forget about it or you think about pulling over, but then you might not. You might. Um, it depends on the situation, I feel like. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think if I saw someone like that, I would definitely try to assist in it. I might be a little hesitant at first, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely a situation that, you know, all the events just kind of lined up perfectly. So this pickup truck saw Cindy and pulled him over immediately. She asked the driver to take her to a nearby motel where her boyfriend was staying. At the airfield, Robert made his way back to the car and quickly sped off. However, an observant security guard took note of his strange behavior and wrote down the license plate and car model. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Smart. How do you not, like... It's weird that they didn't know who he was to begin with if he owns an aircraft at 
yeah place somewhere like this they'd have his information mm-hmm. so once Cindy got back to the motel she was still in handcuffs she got a hold of her boyfriend over the phone at the front desk and it was at that point that an employee made a call to the Anchorage Police Department um, so when the police finally arrived uh, Cindy provided a very highly detailed um, information about what had happened, her the car and the interior of his home, the street that his home was located on, and even small details about guns that he used against her. Less than an hour after Cindy had escaped, um, she was in the police car headed for that hospital as that is standard for a that is standard for a victim of sexual assault. While en route to the hospital, they drove past the same airfield, and this is when Paulson had just run away from, and she remembered the area of the airport, and she uh, knew exactly what his plane looked like. So this is where she was able to lead the police to the precise location where the serial killer's blue and white plane was still parked. Wow. He was not in any hurry, obviously. Yeah, he did not get out of there too fast. Like, this is an hour after. Wow. Um, Noticing the scene taking place, the same security guard who had written down his license plate flagged the officers down and shared the information. So they were able to use these details from the guard and Hanson's car and the plate's registration and the plane's registration. Um, they also had to contact the Federal Aviation Administration for final confirmation as well. Hmm. Um, so as they pulled into the hospital, they received a call that the registration for both the plane and the car matched for the same man, Robert C. Hansen. Nice. Yeah. That was pretty cool. They got him. <laughs> so, he was arrested, and, you know, they found out he was behind all these other killings um and that's why he was mentioned as a serial killer however cindy thought it would be another four months or so until hansen was finally arrested for his horrific crimes against women her escape and testimony gave police the break it needed to identify a suspect for all of the unsolved murders in the Anchorage area for the past decade. Her escape and her assistance in catching him was actually a subject of a movie released in 2013 called The Frozen Ground. Have you seen that movie? I have not. I haven't either, but I think I might go watch it. Yeah, I might go watch it, too. It looks really good. Mm -hmm. So, the actress who 
portrayed Cindy in the movie is actually Vanessa Hutchins. Oh, wow. I liked her. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. And so when Cindy was speaking with Vanessa, um, she said she provided personal guidance, you know, on how to play her in the film. And this usually happens when actors, you know, are doing a film about a real life event that happened to somebody that's, you know, still alive. And when speaking about the incident, um, Vanessa Hutchins said, she gave me an extremely solid foundation and told me her earliest memories that she had until where she is to this day. I don't think you ever forget. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. That is pretty crazy. I mean, Cindy was meant to live and take down Robert Hansen. And just, it is crazy just to think about the fact if that never happened, like if she never took that chance to run away, who knows? You know? Who knows if she would even be here right now? Mm hmm. That's crazy. That's just a small world to think about. Yeah. And Robert Hansen died already, so he has long gone for all you guys worried about, you know, serial killers coming back or, you know, breaking out of prison, things like that. Um, he died August 21st of 2014. The evidence also found against him was there was shell casings found at the grave sites he had um, that were all fired from his rifle. So that's why there was, you know, that evidence before when we said he hunted them with rifles, which is just terrible. I'm sorry, that like... That is so messed up. Just like the feeling of being hunted is a different kind of feeling, like a different kind of fear. Mm -hmm. So I could not imagine what those girls went through. Yeah. Even in like those last moments. And thank gosh, Cindy took the opportunity. She like saw the opportunity, got out, and she took it. Mm -hmm. And he, when he was arrested and, um, taken to prison it was for first degree murder on four counts that they found and he got you know life in prison without parole so and then he died yep that's what happens when you kill people folks and I feel like you know everyone knows the other I don't want to say popular, but more talked about, more known serial killers that are in um, the states. In Alaska, obviously, it is a U.S. state, but I feel like it's not talked about a lot. Um, 
And I wouldn't believe, you know, I wouldn't think because it is so far away from the other states, um, things like that. Huh. I would have never thought there was one on the loose ever in Alaska, but. I think there was like a few major ones. Really? Yeah. I thought there was. Hmm. Well, maybe that can be on next week's episode. How many serial killers were in Alaska? <laughs> yeah, keeping it on the cold theme right now. Talking about Alaska and the coldness outside. But maybe it'll that... turn my heart cold. <laughs> that is the story of Cindy Paulson and her survival story. I am so thankful that she was able to survive this and share her story and be the reason that he was arrested and put in prison. She probably saved so many other lives. So many we can't even count, you know? Well, I hope everyone liked this story. And if you have any stories that you'd like to send in or cases you'd like us to cover just let us know i mean we would be more than happy to talk about it mm-hmm. and don't forget to follow our facebook or instagram like, describe us enjoy us and email us at our gmail yeah survived with sophie and lexi at gmail.com Yeah. I have no thoughts right now, Sophie. I don't know what just happened there. <laughs> I was like, what was I going to say? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, that's not what I was going to say. So I, where did it go? And I was like, I had a million thoughts just running around. And all of a sudden I was like, wait. Okay. This has been Survived with Sophie and Lexi. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. Okay, not sorry. I don't know why. Never mind. I'm taking that word out. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.